The final episode of The B-Way Season 1 is dedicated to support and community. The community that has formed in the last three years around Fit for Broadway has just been magical to witness. And the support that we've received through every project and specifically this project has been so overwhelming and so wonderful. And it's been an expansion of our family with our podcast team and with our new guests and with you guys, our listeners. And we wanted to say thank you for joining us for this incredible journey. And we look forward to the next great adventure ahead. From Fit for Broadway, I'm Jane Jordan. And I'm Cassie Silva. Welcome to The The B-Way. Our guests for this episode, Carlos, Chris, and Clay, are some of the most supportive people that we know, and they are sharing how they have built their communities and how they have been a part of the B-Way community. Hola, my name is Carlos Gonzalez, and Broadway inspires me to be authentic. The community that I have is a mix of, definitely a mix of people in the show and outside the show, and then family is a big one for me. Um, And they're in Jersey, uh, which I'm very lucky to have that support system so close to me. Um, Because I think the most important thing about the community is that we are, once you're in the Broadway show, that community is everything that you know almost. So there's only so much that can help you. Once you're in there, they can help you in the sense of lifting you up every show and going through the show in the best energy. And I've been very lucky with, obviously, my support system in On Your Feet. It's all family. We all speak Spanish. So we share a lot of culture and a lot of um, roots um, that don't that go further than Broadway, in a way. So we find ourselves, like, wanting to hang out with each other on Mondays, like the whole cast. And on Saturday nights, after two shows, we do a snap and we do a big party, you know. And um, so that's very special to me. However, like... There are some days, like on Mondays, that I'm like, I don't want to know anything about Broadway right now. <laughs> and I think that's healthy and it's important and not not everyone does that. And I think, you know, it's it's very important to the mind to, you know, once you, especially in a long running show, you need to step away from your job and, and that community. So I go to Jersey, basically, it's what I do. And it's just, you know, it's just going, going to Cuba. So I have a huge family in there crazy and know nothing about theater and Broadway, which I love. And um, yeah, we just go and, you know, sometimes just go to a barbecue in, in the middle of the week or, you know, I have my little sister also. We're 15 years apart. We're very close. Just like the family is the, one of the biggest support systems. And then, of course, my partner, Kurt Crowley, who is also in the business, uh, conductor of Hamilton. And uh, we're very, you know, our theaters are right next to each other. So we have a lot of time together and our um, our breaks are at the same time. So that's also a big support system in a two show day. If my mind is a little scattered, I just go to dinner with him and, you know, everything seems simple and calm after that. And I just get to go to the second show and start again and have that community there. So it's just a, a matter of adapting to the community around you. Um, yeah, I'm being lifted by by each and every one of them in the show. Yeah, how do you define support? Um, yes, listening is a big one 
for people's thoughts and you know their their energy like you it's true like you know i think of like going to the theater the first thing you do it's like saying hi to people and you immediately i'm a big like i always i'm always joking and trying to make people laugh and you know just being silly all the time so reading people the second i go into the theater like even the dressers i'm like immediately making a joke so people know that i'm always joking around but then if you see someone that's like something's off just like kind of taking it down and really just like check in with them and see how they're doing i try to do that um just all around but i guess it's not for me to say and i thank you for saying that i'm i you know i'd like to think that i'm a support system for for everyone around me um but i mainly do that because i feel that support from them so it's it, you know it's reciprocating that but cultivating i think it's you know i don't know where that comes from i think you know i was raised in a very supportive family like the, my whole family is very close so even seeing my mother and her siblings and my grandmother they're all within like a block of each other they live you know which is good and bad it's a culture thing too but at the same time i've seen my entire family being so close we uh, immigrated from cuba and my mother was the first one to come but then little by little all the siblings came and so did my grandmother but they you know they didn't just come here and then one went to miami one to new york one to jersey they all had to stay next to each other you know and i think and i see that like so i grew up seeing this support system of my family supporting each other through the biggest transitions any human can do which is migrating to a new country so i think that's something i've learned from them and just seeing how it is important to have that community whether it is family or friends or your partner to have it around you at all times you know even through like this big changes you know even through either it is immigrating to a new country or a show closing and you know then going through that transition with your cast it's a longer story i guess but first it was my mother my father and i and really that's you know in america i feel like that's your family your immediate family so in a way i don't have a big family it's just me and my sister now um but we consider my uncles and my cousins you know part of that immediate family so that's what i'm counting as a big family uh and yes it was a, a, a matter of years really after we came there was a couple of months and then someone else came and again we were my mother especially was the biggest support for everyone else coming into a country and i'm talking language i'm talking you know things we weren't from the capital in cuba so i'm talking about it sounds crazy but simple things as like um you know ordering food at mcdonald's like not knowing uh how to turn on the faucet if it's you know oh putting your hands under the water and like the toilet kind of going by itself it's crazy but like things like that 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 country doesn't have and you come in here and you're so everything is new to you every single thing that you look around um so the, you know my mother was the model the role model too then introduce people to new things and then so on and so forth everyone kind of becoming this bigger support system and we still do it for like friends that come from the country from Cuba or really anywhere else but um yeah it's just a bigger it's it's a big deal of that transition for sure and you know that's the biggest support 
that you can offer someone is you know adopt helping them adapt to a new country, I guess. Which I I can't imagine. I mean, I didn't migrate. You know, I was 11 when I came. Oh, so I didn't make it. But my mother was younger than I am right now when she came. So imagine, she. I was think of this. She was 27, and I was 11. My my dad was 29, and they just like took everything. You know. So it's yeah, it's pretty nuts. So I personally have that to to look up to, for sure. I think here we complicate a lot of things in our head, and it's really simple, you know. Even just you know tying it back to Broadway, because I know that's what we're talking about. But also just the simplicity of you think of an audition, you know, and we really put stuff in our head that's not necessary. And at the end of the day, it's so simple. You know, it's like you just go in there and you just clear your mind and you do what you love. And you just connect more to the simplicity of someone just being present there than, you know, all this extra stuff that we put in our heads. I struggle with, you know, I'm not saying that I'm simple I would like to think that every day I, I go into an audition like that and I right now I actually have an audition in a long time but what I um, what I think about really it's again these people in Cuba and I think because I have this such a vivid idea of what they would do if they had my opportunity it's very simple for me or not simple but I try to use that that's the image I use every time I feel a little too scattered I just bring it down it's like okay if I were to switch right now with this person and I have a specific you know group of people they would just give it their all you know they're like oh my god this is this is it so I always use that as a trick in my head even for shows too like it sounds funny but I literally like curtains are about to open and I'm feeling down I'm like oh my god today I'm really tired and I just think of that it's like, okay, if we were to switch right now and this Cuban boy is about to be, like, on a Broadway stage, like, how he would, you know, how would he do it? Um, so it's just a little trick I have in my head of doing that. <laughs> I'm using their, their spirit, their amazing spirit. How do you build roots with someone you've been with that hasn't been with you for a while? Um, we've been together for five years. And, you know, talk about different people being together. Opposites attract, right? Like this boy's from Montana. I'm from Cuba. But um, I think, you know, it's interesting. Now, as we're talking about this, his roots are very strong. You know, even coming from Montana. I know I wish I was here to talk about it, but that's something that attracted me to him, that he feels that he has this... Um, this place that he connects to and he shared his roots with me so by me going to Montana place where he's you know he was raised I connected with that with his roots very much and then I did the same so I took him to Cuba we were there for three months together he's learned the language and he kind of like dove into the culture and he connected to my roots so now we're both I really find myself craving his memories as a child and me being connected to Montana and him being connected to Cuba so that makes a feel that we've been together your whole life or at least we understand where each other come from and then you build knowing 
what each other roots are and creating that together here um i think it's the biggest thing like if you open up to your not yourself the self that you've created for yourself right now but like what made you be the way you are right now to someone new right like you just really go to those childhood i think childhood memories are the what makes us who we are today even though we change and we learn from other adults and whatever but i think to connect with the partner especially it's just really going back to that and like I think of so many childhood memories that we've shared with each other and like it sounds silly but he like you know we were in the mountain in Montana and he would be like okay so I was 10 years old and I'm looking out at the valley and this is the things that I would think about at that age looking at this valley and I would do the same you know and he actually hasn't been to the place I was born in Cuba that I've been dying to take him there but he understands the way I am because of He's met the people, you know, and it just takes each person to really just wanting to be vulnerable, I guess, because you're opening up to a person that you used to be and know that you're sharing those memories, even though you are a different person now, those those memories are just as much as part of you as, you know, as you as what you are right now. Um, I don't know if that's making any sense, but it's that idea of, I think, being vulnerable and just opening up to this new person and then those roots together just I think just create from your new memories that you you know you go on I met Kurt on tour so we traveled and we've performed uh, together and it's been five years and it seems so easy and simple <laughs> it is scary though to to open it up sometimes it gives extra I I gave extra value to what Kurt is right now because I know where he came from and you know he had talk about support system his family is like the most beautiful support system I've ever seen but at the same time he's you know from this little valley in Montana and like to see the person he is today coming from that it's it's just very it makes you fall in love with a person when you see that definitely a lot of trust in the partnership and your relationship and partnership and on stage uh, and communication I wish Kerr was here <laughs> to speak for me because I've just learned everything about communication from him we're so opposite in in roots and opposites in so many different ways looks <laughs> but um, but one thing we both uh, give a lot of values communication but we communicate so differently and we have just we haven't changed how we communicate we have just understand each other's way of doing it to the point that he knows exactly how i'm going to react to something like he analyzes things right so something happens and he just needs time to go away and write about it and analyze every aspect every point of view and you know then comes back to it with all these different here's point a point b point c and i'm so the opposite i'm so much more like passionate from the gut like react first reactions like boom that's it like that's what i want and then i and then i rewind so it's it's very opposite but at the same but he just lets me react a certain way and then he comes back with his point of views and i know that that's what he's gonna do so basically it's just learning each other's way of communicating i think it's the biggest thing instead of instead of trying to change each other because in the beginning of the relationship i remember being like very frustrated with like we need to talk about this right 
now, like right the second because it just happened. And as the years go by, you learn that that's not how your partner communicates. And you just have to let them do it their way. And as long as you just like meet halfway and then talk about it after you both kind of gave each other the space and the trust to like react the way you were going to do it and then meet halfway, I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned in this relationship. And that's maybe that's why it's becoming so easy because I mean, it's crazy. We never really fight. Like we never really have an argument. And I think it's really because of that. I think we just know how how the communication goes. We found, I really do believe we found a good balance about communication. Um, starting the day talking a lot, like we go to the park with our little coffee and we just like sit there and talk for like, you know, as long as we have, but like sometimes about the future, sometimes about the past, but like it's just you practice that muscle of communication with your partner so much and on stage you practice it eight times a week, you know, so you really get to, to know each other. Um, that's very important, I think. Okay, my favorite Spanish quote is a Cuban saying that goes, Pa comer pescado hay que mojarse el culo. <laughs> Which means, to eat fish, you need to get your butt wet. Does that make sense? Get it? You have to to eat fish, you have to get your butt wet. You have to get in the water and get that fish with your hands. You have to get your butt wet. You need to to get stuff done. You need to get up there and do it yourself. <laughs> in the show that are uh, on your feet, we didn't do have a lot of partnering. So having the support from your partner is definitely the biggest thing to to go on with your show and I was amazing like so lucky to have an incredible partner who's you know salsa champion um and I don't necessarily come from that kind of training and uh I think checking in with it, it's a day by day it's really day by day and some what I try to do was just like what is it that you need I just that's always my question it's like what is it that you need is it like physically do you need me to support your back in a different way let's go over it right now or is it um you know mentally like do you need me to what is it exactly and like the more that we can articulate that and sometimes you know i would say okay today i can only give you this i'm, I'm gonna work on that one lift or one thing and i will nail that and i'll try to but i'm you know i also have to take care of, take care of myself mentally and physically um but I think once your partner listens to you, it's um, it's easy and yeah, it's 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 a struggle. Like also in a long running show, like you go through so many emotions of outside the show, and we don't realize how much we bring to the shows. Sometimes like you get into this idea that we're robots and we show up, and you always have to feel a certain way, and you always have to nail everything, and we don't realize that sometimes the the frustration that you have in the show has nothing to do with the show, but it's with th something that's going on at home or, you know, something outside of the performing world that you take it into that and you project it into the shows. Um, and you just have to, like, write it out. And I'm a big fan of spas, so on Mondays I, like, go to a spa and just clear my mind and then start, start again. <laughs>
I sound a lot more balanced than I actually am. I want to just be real. <laughs> like, I am I'm human. Like, no, oh, I am okay. serious. I am serious. Some days I, you know, people do always, I think people do tell me that, that I come off a very, but I don't, I do want to make clear that like we were talking, you know, and yesterday, right now I'm going through an injury, for example, and I'm just, um, I'm struggling a lot with mentally with how to be present and how to be simple and how to clear your mind from all these obstacles that you put in your head. And I think it's because I haven't been to Cuba really in a few months. <laughs> um, and I'm going back to remind myself of the simple things in life that really matter. And um, yeah, I sometimes just, you know, you get into a dark hole and it's hard to get up and and do the things that you know are going to help you. And I try to do like, again, the, my support system is Kurt. Like that talk about balance, like, I can assure you that that boy is like so balanced. He, he's such a role model. Like he wakes up every morning, does morning pages, for example. And that's something that inspires me. And sometimes I'm in bed like, oh my God, I don't want to get up. And I see him like already in his morning pages, drinking coffee and has already gone for a run. I'm like, I need to get up, you know? And he's so smart about just like letting me, he doesn't push me to do it. He just like lets me do it until it explodes. And I just like, find a way to do it for myself um but yeah sometimes i just need the time to go as deep in that dark hole as possible and then you just come out of it a lot you know more fresh and um like right now i try to do though so i'm trying to do no social media before noon because yesterday was such you know because of this injury mainly but it's a lot of ups ups and downs you know and and uh, social media is such a distraction sometimes that i'm trying it today and it's been amazing so all of you listeners no social media till noon it's been great so far what time is it five to noon i'm gonna have social media in five minutes <laughs> no i'm gonna my goal is actually to have no fun for a whole day because in cuba again going back to cuba but really they have no technology so you just go on no no service no phone service and you survive like we don't realize how much we don't actually need that phone next to us um so just gone through your day without the phone on your pocket it's possible you know i know it seems impossible here but i'm trying it so eventually i want to do like one day a week without either social media or just no phone at all i want to see how it goes but everyone should try it Hey, I'm Clay Thompson, and Broadway inspires me to be proactive. Hey guys, this is Chris Rice, and Broadway inspires me to be inventive. So we met at the audition for the national tour of West Side Story, uh, and we rehearsed together, and our company manager was like, if you guys need roommates, or if you want to have a roommate, it will like split the cost of the hotel in half. So me being 18 years old, I was like, I want to have a roommate because I want to save my money. So I like went to Chris and I was like, do you want to be roommates? And it was like, <laughs> like the third day of rehearsal. And he was like, I'm going to like give it a week and like see if you're not a crazy person. I did so, not say that. <laughs> yeah, like now, like in retrospect, that's what he said that he was thinking. So like, it's okay. Um, but so we were rehearsing together and we like were hanging out during rehearsal and we would have, we would all have lunch together. Um, but we got to our first, maybe that's. I'll jump in there. Okay. So we got to hang out a lot in rehearsal because um, 
somewhere during our first week of rehearsal, our director was like, why, why are Chris and Clay not sitting together? We're supposed to, we're, they need to hang out because Clay plays Arab and Chris is playing Baby John. And uh, Arab has to protect Baby John. They have to be best friends. You guys need, need to do ballet bar every day together before this, uh, before rehearsal. You need to have lunch together. If I don't see you guys hanging out, I'm going to be uh, mad. So I don't know if he orchestrated that in his head or if he uh, and just was playing matchmaker or if he was just, you know, more of like a method director. But um Eventually, sparks flew, and we, we liked hanging out together. And then, you know, five I, and a half years later, we're still together. We Thanks, are. David Saint. Thanks, director. <laughs> yeah, five and a half years. When I first met Clay, we were on uh, the national tour of West Side Story, and uh, we were placements together. And so we rehearsed together. And then on our final rehearsal, our choreographer, who was uh, known for being very stern, and uh, I would dare to say intimidating, uh, <laughs> told everybody what they needed to change about their bodies and when they needed to change it by. Uh, so we told one guy to lose 15 pounds by Christmas, which it was October 1st or 2nd. Um, went around and he said, he said, I look good, which is, I'm gonna put that in there. Um, and he told me I looks fine, but he said uh, to keep, you know, keep doing what I was doing. He said Clay needed to gain 15 pounds of muscle by Christmas, which just the year before in my senior year of college, I put on 30 pounds of muscle. Um, I went from being very very skinny and not really eating a lot to um Swole. i was trying uh <laughs> i packed on a lot of weight though because i saw what people look like in the business and i knew that for the types of shows i wanted to do like west side story i needed to be a little um have a little more meat on, meat on my bones and so clay was like well i guess i better start going to the gym with you and we had already had a connection on the road and um so we started going to the gym together and it was it was funny because Clay was like, oh, I usually just run on the treadmill a lot. And then I pick up the five pound dumbbells and, you know, do a few curls and then I leave. And I was like, well, that's great, but that's not going to help you do, not going to help you accomplish your goals if your goals are, you know, to pack on some weight. And then I discovered Clay's diet was pretty minimal as well. So without being a uh, total jerk or anything, I just offered some advice of I said, you're welcome to work out with me. Here's what I'm going to eat. Here are the protein shakes I'm going to do. Um, and honestly, as soon as Clay started, um, he was pretty young. He was like 18 or 19. As soon as Clay started um, upping his caloric intake and um, lifting heavier weights, he packed on the 15 pounds in two months. It was insane. His body just like, you know, blew right up in, in a great muscular way. And um, I think also he had, he was a tumbler as a child. He was a competitive gymnast. So I think I'm telling your life story. Here it is, everyone. Uh, but he was a competitive gymnast. And I think his muscle structure um, really lent itself to a very like fit masculine build as well. So um, now all these years later, we're, we're still gym buddies and people actually have asked me, hey, is this your, is this your trainer? And I'm like, yes, nope, uh, yes he is. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I trained him, darn it. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're great. So we work out together. Um, we're great at the gym together. I mean, we took us a while of um, kind of figuring out our flow and how we were going to gel at the gym once we both were um, kind of the same level fitness-wise. But, yeah, we support each other. We push each other. Uh, it's Sometimes it's hard whenever, like right now, Clay's doing a show um, where he's out of town most of the afternoons and most of the days when I go to the gym. So... It's working out by myself and I, I can zone out and get in, you know, get in my gym zone, but it's hard sometimes not having him there to push me or, you know, to, or to distract me from the hard workout as well uh, to keep it fun.
I think the key to a good relationship, especially with us being of the same type in the same business, is to be 100% supportive 100% of the time. We were both up for the same track in a show, and it's happened multiple times. And you just have to be supportive, and you have to want it for yourself, but you have to also want it for the other person because... I mean, that happened... This last week, I was up for a track and a show here in New York and really wanted it. It's a show I really love and it didn't work out. And I was, I was bummed, but you know, I was really excited because I found out Clay got to go on for the exact same track. And even though I was disappointed for myself because it would have been something fun that I would have liked to have, uh, you know, been able to be a part of, um, I was really excited because I knew that Clay hadn't got to audition for this show yet and he was on tour when it first went out. And I was really excited for him and to hear his success in the audition room. Um, it just it made me happy because you want you want the person you're with, you want their dreams to come true as well. We also have different strengths as well though because Clay is like a kick your face so you think you can dancer, and that's not necessarily my cup of tea. I mean, my right leg it, it kicks kind of high, but my left is pretty pretty rough. Um, so you know we have our different strengths. Um, I like I'm a tenor, Clay's a baritone. So we do have differences within our types. But, I mean, we're both, I'm putting myself in, in quotes here, uh, young musical theater dancer boys. Uh, so it, it can be hard, but at the same time, we understand what you have to put into it. We understand what is expected of us within the business. We understand what we go through in an audition when Clay has to sing, dance, tumble, read, um, you know, read sides and then they're like, oh, do you play any instruments? And he's like, I just did all of that for you and you want me to, okay, you're going to cut me because I don't play an instrument. You know, I understand what that's like minus the tumbling part, but see different, we have different strengths. Um, but you know, we get to, uh, we, we get to be there for each other and we understand really what is required of us and what is asked of us and what those experiences are like. So I think that helps bond us, um, together as well. Like we were just talking about with the audition, yesterday I had two auditions and found out that I didn't get brought to the next round for either of them. And I was texting Chris and I was like, oh, I feel like, in a loose way, I was like, I feel like such a failure today. Like I like lost out on like two opportunities. And he was like, how are you a failure? You like, this one track was like so specific, or they're both so specific in what they were looking for. So just because that, it wasn't your opportunity to get the job this time does not mean that you're a failure. And then he was like, and I was also up for that same track two weeks ago and you were so supportive of me. So if you're saying that you're a failure, then that means I'm a failure. And I was like, you're totally right because I not in one way thought you're a failure for not getting this job. I was like, this is incredible. You're getting in the room for a Tony, Tony winner choreographer and you were like one of five people asked to audition for the show. It's so cool that you got in the room, period. You're like, what, like one auditioning for a Broadway show is an incredible like feat to do. Not everybody gets to do that. Two, to get brought in, not to like, not that a, an open call is a bad thing, but to get asked to an invited call, I was like, that's even more impressive. So the fact that you were even in that room was like a feat in itself. So then when he was like, I, I was in the same boat you were two weeks ago. So like, and you thought that that was impressive for me. So I was like, you know, you're right. You're right. He's pretty cool. Clay's pretty wonderful because 
just being honest, the way, like comparing our two careers, which is probably the one way not to have a successful relationship, but just for the sake of this podcast, um, um, I, I've been in Mormon, the Book of Mormon uh, here in New York for uh, quite some time. And in that time, I've got to see Clay open, uh, you know, uh, original Broadway cast. He's gone on to do um, a Broadway national tour. He's opened up a lot of different productions of several different shows. Um, and I've gotten to see him go through the, through the rehearsal process. I've got to see him go through the success of each opening night. Um, and checking all those things off his list. And while I have, I've done a few things on my own as well during my time at Mormon, but while comparing ourselves, um, I've gotten to support a lot of his successes, but, and I haven't maybe on paper had as many, uh, successes that were as big, say multiple Broadway shows in that amount of time. But Clay has done a great job of finding moments to celebrate me as well. And whether my successes were personal or were doing silly side projects or whatever, Clay has found ways to encourage me and celebrate those win moments and those those successes, which have really, really shown me what a great supporter he is. And um, someday I'll have that next Broadway show and he'll support me through that. But in the meantime, it's really great to see his dreams come true and to feel his support um, as I work towards all mine coming true as well. And comparison is probably the worst thing you can do. So that was just for the sake of this <laughs> of this podcast. While I've had like successes in different ways, being in a Broadway show for four and a half years is an incredible accomplishment. So if you're like counting wins, if I have multiple different shows, so sure, some of those are like regional or tours or other things. Being in a Broadway show for a long running Broadway show is just as impressive. And I am always like count wins. I get to like see him in a Broadway show every couple, I go like every couple of months and just like see him on for like a different track or now I've seen him in every single track multiple times. But um, <laughs> I get to like see him on Broadway every couple months like who gets to do that that's so cool so if we're counting wins I don't know if I have more wins because I have like more shows by the in the time that we've been together you've like played leads in regional theaters and I get to see you like be the leading man even though you get to kiss other girls like it's weird but other girls (laughs) (laughs) girls (laughs) period (laughs) yeah I guess we help each other find like the silver lining and we both like the grass is always greener, sure, but we get to help each other see um, see what there is to be excited about and positive about in our careers, which is great. One of the things that I do like in my side time between jobs or even while I'm doing jobs is I teach a whole lot. And I one of my favorite things to do is teach people who have either never danced before or it's like a very early start in their dance life. Um, I taught, uh, I've taught people who they've never danced before. I taught a guy that is 53 and he took tap dancing when he was little and then like just wanted to like revisit it. So he bought tap shoes and like took a tap lesson with me just cause he like saw the videos that Chris makes and was inspired by what we've accomplished and what we've, put together and he just like wanted to tap dance and I think that's so cool that somebody that saw a video that Chris created like re-inspired him to to dance again I thought that was so cool I think it's pretty humbling when stuff like that happens um so this 
kind of side hustle that we have going is this YouTube series called uh, Tappy. And we just do tap dances to different you know, pop songs or um, even songs from musical theater and stuff. But they have like a little following online. And uh, it's been so great to see people come forward and say they've you know gotten back into tap, tap classes because of them or whatever. But it's it's been really inspiring because the first video kind of happened on accident and the fact that it's grown into something um it's grown into something bigger than i ever intended is really cool and i think that it's nice that it connects with different people on different levels and uh, for different reasons i think tap is entertaining to the average person just because (laughs) the average person can't tap and it's kind of interesting to see people make um make those sounds and hear people make those sounds with their feet. But I think there's something um, captivating about it. But it's cool when people come forward and um, have gotten back into class or we have built relationships with people over time um, that have, you know, been fans of those videos or that we've gotten to teach in different classes. And there's some classes we teach um, different like school groups will come in or different like academies will come in like to their yearly New York trip. And now we are a part of their um, New York curriculum and that's really fun to get to see these students year after year or see the faculty year after year with new students um, and that's something that I don't think every performer gets to be a part of I guess and I think it's special that we get to you know be a part of these different lives in different communities um, and feel their support and um, get to love on them and support them as they come to New York and um, even those that connect to us you know from all across the world it's nice to to hear what they have to say and hear that we've been a positive part of their journey. I think what's cool about like technology today is that you can connect to artists and people that um, are all over the world that you may never even meet, you know? And I remember as a kid, <laughs> I would write fan letters to people in the Broadway shows, even those, those that I had never met before. And um, I have most responses that they sent back still saved in like a folder back home in Oklahoma. Um, Even artists that I've now worked with and I've either have told them or have not told them that I have, you know, returned fan mail from them. But uh, um, fan mail responses, I should say. But I think it's really cool that nowadays, I mean, Instagram wasn't a thing when I was, you know, growing up. And it's probably a good thing because I probably would have tweeted at people and said embarrassing things. But um but social media wasn't really a thing back then. I think it's cool that now social media is at a place where it can connect people and uh, people say back home in Oklahoma to artists in New York. So people do get to be as involved as they would like um, in following someone's social media presence and seeing what that artist or those people may be up to. So it's really fun to have the support of people all over for Clay and I's relationship. And it's cool to hear people's stories of how as silly as it sounds how like we inspire them because we appear to be and are happy together at the stage door usually when you sign after a show like come out and you sign people's playbills as I gesture with my hand as if anyone listening can see what I'm doing with my hand after a show when you go and sign people's playbills at the stage door I often hear the show was wonderful or it's it's so inspiring to see, you know, you living your dreams. I love following you on Instagram. Sweet things like that. But a couple months ago, a mom kind of, 
she wasn't like super over the top enthusiastic and like a stage mom or a theater, even like a theater fan, maybe. She seemed really down to earth and really chill. And she said, I just wanted to thank you. You're so inspiring. And I was like, thank you. That's very, very sweet of you. And she said, my son came out to me a few months ago and I was just shocked. I had no idea. And I didn't know what to tell them. And I found you in Clay on Instagram and I'm just so inspired by you two. And she was very heartfelt in saying that she was inspired by our love and it gave her hope for her son. And she told her son to like follow us and watch us. And she said, there's someone out there for you. When you move to New York, you're going to meet the right person and things are going to be okay. And I'm not saying that to like, you know, toot her own horn or whatever, but it was, I never thought of being inspiring to someone in that way too. So if our relationship can be inspiring to other people, um, why not? That's a, that sounds like a positive thing to me. Jane Jordan, Cassie Silva. How you doing? Fantastic. How are you? Great. What was your beef for Broadway moment this week? Dun dun dun. Broadway inspires me to be punctual. Oh, girl, you were punctual this morning, and I was not. (laughs) (laughs) So we need to turn that into punctual in alignment with each other, because I feel like when you're punctual, I'm not. And when I'm punctual, you're not. So, oh, gosh. Yeah, it's that it's that balance. I always think of that quote. um, If you're if you're earlier on time, if you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. Uh huh. Um, And. I think that that is a good way to live by. And also, yes, because there's nothing more disrespectful than being rude, especially when you're like really taking up someone's time, like in a, in a work environment, I feel like. So it's like, and I'm guilty of it. So like everyone's guilty of it. So universal, great. We're all in this together, punctuality. But yeah, I feel you. I have an acting teacher that uh if you're late to class oh gosh like on the nose Mm -hmm. she makes everybody sit there in silence and you just wait it out and um so that you sort of you understand because she would say you know if you're late that's a big old bird like middle finger big old you know yeah f you to somebody about their time and Uh um, especially when you're there to create and I find that when I do you know, obviously you condition yourself into that if you're not so hot at it. Um, but when I do, sh- do you find this? When you do show up early, there are so many fun little, I don't know, details. I love the details. Opportunities for magic. Yes. Totally. Coffee. Um, coffee. I feel like the times that I'm probably the m- most late and running late are two actually. One is when I'm going to a workout. Um, which there's nothing worse than when someone interrupts a workout and comes in late but hello I'm guilty Um, so I try and be on time but like when you get there early you can like stretch or you can get a little treat pre-workout snack yep the other time I'm always latest to Broadway (laughs) you're always late to Broadway I am always late to Broadway like I you're running to Broadway I'm always running to Broadway hashtag Broadway run club Broadway joggers yes Broadway our, our official hashtag is Broadway joggers. Hashtag Broadway 
joggers. Amen. Um, yeah, I'm always late to Broadway, but that's okay. I mean, it's part of the thrill, I think. I think it's become like a part of my experience with Broadway is like, I'm running in Times Square and the lights are on and it's like I'm in New York. So I'm, it's fine. I've, I've totally accepted that one. I'm not trying to change that. I, it makes me think about when I would have moments at the tip, 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 tip top of the show. Mm-hmm. And I would realize that people would come in after the entire first number. Or, for example, when I did Matilda as Wormwood, she has a big, you know, dance number mm-hmm. in the the beginning, which is just incredible. It's such a Rubik's Cube of just of an opening and it's one of her you know chunks that she does and so if you're not there at the tip of the show you don't get to come in until that whole thing is over and so um I feel like I need to correct though go so I'm I'm late I'm always running late to Broadway I never have gotten into a show late but she's on time for the so so I'm like that I'm like that um (laughs) like late to Broadway but like I'm the person who's walking in and they're like ding ding so I have no opportunity to hang or relax. It's like the show is starting and you're in your seat. It's just like the thrill getting there. So, yeah, I think because th- that's like theater etiquette. You're supposed to be there for the first part of the show. You know. Um, anyway, do you want me to tell you mine? I can confirm on- this because <laughs> you go, I go to shows with you all the time and you, you always make it like at 7.58 and it's 8 o'clock show. But we know perfect. that they don't start until 8.07. So, Absolutely. So, hi. Perfect. She's always Secrets on the time. Secrets of Broadway, you guys. The shows don't start until 8.07. Seven for Streisand. I never know. I don't know. I didn't know that. They start always seven minutes. It's because late. they want to get rid of the seven ghosts of the theater. They wait for Is them that to real? Leave. Mm-hmm. Is that real? I have mm-hmm. no idea. This is all information. What are the seven ghosts of the theater? Oh, Justin that's, too, that's too much. Oh, okay. But okay. Jane. I'm going to go a totally different route. Okay. Um, We've taken too much time. <laughs> too um, much time on my hands. What is your B for Broadway moment? This week, Broadway inspires me to be happy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. It almost came out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm really happy sitting here right now. Um, Full disclosure, this is the last day that we have Cassie with us in the recording studio um, that is my apartment. Uh, And she leaves us tomorrow. But we, I'm like, I'm literally overflowing with happiness of how this is all gone. And we're having a moment. Um, but this has been the happiest project I've worked on and it's been amazing to see how, how my journey started in this and then how you came into it and how Justin was a part of it before, um, it even, Justin was a part of my life before this even started and how like everything has been woven into this happening. Um, and then everyone who's come in, how that's happened is I'm just so happy. This is our last day together and it's just it feels so right i am at a loss for words which is never uh that's just said me never (laughs) is that too ironic (laughs) that is true (laughs) you know what's so funny is that doing this podcast came at such a perfect time and we're such believers in the universe and energy and you know i'm such a hippie and 
I'm so happy that you're happy. And I feel like doing the podcast and being in New York this time around for just this chunk of time and just the creative projects and conversations and friends and yeah, I think happy is it. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm just going to go cry about it. <laughs> I just get so emotional. <laughs> We're signing off, guys. We hope all of you are inspired to be happy. Be happy. That's the end. That's the end of the season. Thank you guys so much for being on this journey. We are so excited for a season two. So stay tuned and stay connected with us and our guests. You can find Carlos Gonzalez on Instagram at C Gonzalez Cuba, C G O N Z A L E Z C U B A, or on his website, carlosgonzalez.com. You can find Clay Thompson on Instagram and Twitter at Clay Thompson, T H O M S O N, or his website, claythompson.com. You can find Chris Rice at Chris Rice N Y on Instagram and Twitter or ChristopherRiceOnline.com. Connect with us. Let us know what this season has inspired you to be on FitForBroadway.com and on Instagram and Facebook at FitForBroadway. You can find my co-host Cassie Silva at Cassie M as in Magic Silva or on my website CassieSilva.com. And you can find our sound engineer who composed all of our season one original music. It's amazing. We love it at Just Ramos or at my website justinramosmusic.com We hope this entire season has inspired you to be signing off from season one this is Jane Cassie and Justin until next time keep living the The B-Way Hola, ¿cómo estás? Mi nombre es Carlos González. Mi nombre es Carlos González y aquí estamos eh, en la radio en esta mañana en el apartamento de Jane. Eh, Te quería decir que hoy empezaremos con una sección en la radio que de verdad tu energía se va a alimentar y el espíritu se va a levantar de una manera This, I'm actually, I actually, I was if you just need to go into Spanish at some point, like we're <laughs> open to that because it sounds it. really beautiful to the ears. Translate. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt. Yeah.